1946. The U.S. Navy prepares an expedition to the frigid ice of Antarctica. There are reports that their secret objective is to investigate the remnants of a Nazi base. The expedition is named Operation High Jump. Operation High Jump is a U.S. Navy program that took place after World War II involving a number of aircraft carriers, naval vessels, and small twin-engine airplanes that were brought on the naval vessels. 6,000 men were brought to Antarctica. As the story goes, they were there to ferret out the last factions of the Nazi regime. Operation High Jump is also documented by the KGB. With the fall of the Soviet Union, the KGB released previously classified UFO files. When these Russian UFO files were declassified in 1991, new information was revealed about a U.S. expedition to Antarctica. Operation High Jump was organized and led by Admiral Richard E. Byrd, an American naval officer famous for his polar explorations. Admiral Richard E. Byrd was a pilot and polar explorer. He served with the Navy for over 20 years in both World War I and World War II and was even a Medal of Honor recipient. Byrd is leading the largest expedition the U.S. has ever assembled to Antarctica. But as the fleet of Operation High Jump approaches the German base, they encounter more than just Nazis. Welcome to The Machine, everybody. I am your host, Mario, along with my co-hosts, Jeff Rowe and Lee. Journey with us into conspiracy theories and the unexplained. Hello, welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Mario, along with my co-host, Jeff Rowe. What's up, everybody out there in podcast land? Podcast land, everybody. Uh, Lee was here. Lee couldn't be here. He had to leave again, so... Um, it's just it's it's you and I again because yeah. there there is a third there is a third person within this podcast. I, I, something always comes up at the last minute. I don't know. Last time he had to help his mom with his her laundry. Um, I know the time before that his uh, had to take his wife to do something. I don't know. It's, it's he, he's a very busy guy. Very busy guy. Uh, the great Lee is a myth. He's well. He's not a myth. Uh, you know. Maybe he made his way to antarctica or something like that i don't know antarctica don't know. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and funny we should say antarctica because this episode we're covering an operation called operation high jump correct yes operation high jump all right so operation high jump and people are like oh what's operation high jump it's to it, it, it's it was an organization that had come together to help the obese people learn how to jump again and uh, that is not what it is. I'm lying to you. No. This is a complete fib. <laughs> uh, Operation High Jump happened in, what was it, the 40s, I believe? 1946-47. Uh, yeah, somewhere. Okay. All right. So I believe this uh, Operation High Jump was headed by an admiral. Was it Charles? Charles Bird? Admiral uh, Richard E. Bird. 
Richard Ebert. Okay, excuse yes. me. It's uh, Richard Ebert, and as we all know, bird is the word. Bird, bird, bird. <laughs> yes. He was also he, he was he was a naval admiral, right? Yes, and he was he was an admiral in the in the military. He uh he specialized in, in flying at a time when it was relatively new. He had gone on excavations, one of the only to excavate the very north pole, if I do believe yeah. so. Right. Yeah. He actually, yeah. Uh, he actually went to the North Pole. He flew over the uh, North Pole. Was it, uh, was it in the 20s, 1927? Is that what it was when he did initially his first polar flight? Um, I believe it was 1927, uh, right? You said 27? I believe that was. I believe it was 1927. And since then, you know, you've got this this guy who's going on all these excursions and doing all these things and, you know, the military and your government says, you know what, we're going to send this guy out on an expedition to the Antarctic, the South pole, right? To the to, South pole. Yes. To South pole, very, very mystical. Yes. Very mystical uh, continent. Even to today. Very, very mystical. And it is, some of the things that draw mystics that we're, we're highlighting the topic of this operation high jump in one of the things that was strange, it was they, they sent every Naval ship possible with this guy. Right. It was right. Yeah. He had a, from what I understand, he had a, they called it task force 68 and it included a 4,700 men. Uh, what was it? 13 ships and 33 aircraft down Ooh, there, which is basically an armada, is it not? Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of man. That's a lot of naval man. Well, and I mean, yeah, during this time, we're talking what, 46, 47. This is right, right during the, the time of World War II. That's, that's a lot of personnel during a time of war to be sending to a a continent that is just all ice supposed to be, isn't it? Um, yeah. supposed to be uninhabited by man. Right. That's well, I mean, the idea was back then is to let you know, they're going down there to explore. Well, like, like we were saying, yeah. I mean, Antarctica, even to this day has a lot of mystery around it. Uh, interestingly, a couple quick things. Cause we, we are going to do several different, uh, podcast regarding Antarctica. Uh, so some of the craziness that's down there, some of the, the actual scientific facts too, that I like that I wanted to share real quick before we got any further was uh, Antarctica is actually known as a desert. That's something that not a lot of people realize. It's a polar desert. Uh, it's classified as a desert because it receives such little rain. Even though it's 98% covered in ice, they get very little rain. And matter of fact, it actually hosts the driest place on Earth. It's an area called the dry, the dry Valley. And they haven't had precipitation there in over, what's to say here? 
I'm looking at the article right now. It receives no rain on a yearly basis. So absolutely no rain. Like it does no not rain. rain. Okay. No, it, there's an area that is, it's blocked by a, a mountain range. And as a result, it receives less rain than the Atacama Desert in Chile and Peru. It's been 2 million years since this area has received any new precipitation at all. All right. So harsh environments, right? Well, harsh environment, just, you know, that's just a microcosm of how crazy and, you know, this continent is. It's just absolutely, absolutely mind boggling. Um, Well, so we think, I mean, so and and we know very, very little about it. And the whole reason of going down there uh, is what was told to the public was to, you know, explore. But that really wasn't the case. The idea of Operation High Jump was to eradicate the uh, Nazis that were down there. True. Well, there, there's some belief. Uh, one of the things was uh, obviously the Americans and the British military there, they were concerned of, of the Nazis expanding down there because again, this is the height of the cold or not the cold war, but height of the, in world war two. So they didn't want, you know, obviously we didn't want them to have any sort of, advantage when it comes to you know military advantage by you know taking claiming land down there well i mean correct me if i'm wrong that was the idea whenever we heard that they were you know the nazis were heading uh for antarctica or have touched in in antarctica um, we needed to investigate and find out why and what's going on what their plans are right well they what we know is i'm gonna butcher the, the name of this but i believe was new schweibel land right they did go down there and and or new swabia i guess you, you want to use the the english version of it but they did have a they claim it was a small fleet just a boat or two that went down there to claim some sort of weather readings and whatnot but you know and i know whenever you have a military power headed by a dictator like what hitler was you don't just do things for weather reasons. No. So no. you have somebody who is on the fringe of all the, the ancient secrets and, you know, they're going to India and they're doing all this type of research all over the country and, and point out India only because that's where the swastika kind of originates. It doesn't seem to make any sense that Hitler is going to, again, like the United States, expend any sort of resources during the middle of him trying to conquer Europe in the forties during the war. Why, why are they even going to send down? Right. But we, we have, we have found out after sending the Admiral down there with this fleet that they had undergone uh, a battle and there was, there was, a battle down there, um, March third in nineteen forty-seven. It was it, it was a battle with, with what they described as saucers. Right. Yeah. So basically, from how I understand this, is this task force went down there, and it was supposed to be like you said. It it was described as a scientific sort of evaluation right of the continent and they wanted to get some information down there because this was also during the height of time when a lot of countries were going down there and 
in making the land claims. So, you know, the United States said, oh, yeah, this is a peaceful operation. We're going to head down there en route to the continent. It seems as though there is some indication that they encountered some really right. strange aircraft. The aircraft then seemed to engage and, and fire artillery towards this, this armada that was going down there. And they took on fire. And there, there are some claims that they took on fire. They even lost a ship or an aircraft. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. They lost an aircraft or a ship and, and lost some men. And it, it was a, supposed to be uh, an excursion that lasted several months. Yet they turned around very shortly after this encounter and headed back to D.C., or back to Florida, where it was they reported uh, they were going to dock at. August 26, 1946. A U.S. scientific expedition called Operation High Jump departs for the South Pole. It is led by esteemed naval officer and explorer, Admiral Richard Byrd. Admiral Richard Byrd was a very important admiral in the United States Navy. He graduated the United States Naval Academy at Annapolis. He fought in World War I. And after the war, he became an explorer. In 1926, Byrd made worldwide headlines when he and Navy Chief Aviation Pilot Floyd Bennett became the first people to ever fly over the North Pole. For their efforts, both men received the Congressional Medal of Honor. Later, when Byrd at the age of 41, made the first solo flight over the South Pole. He became the youngest person ever promoted to the rank of admiral in the history of the United States Navy. In 1946, Byrd oversaw Operation High Jump, the largest Antarctic expedition to date. The massive military convoy included 13 ships, 33 aircraft, and 4,700 troops. U.S. Navy sent down a flotilla of ships under command of Admiral Byrd, and they came back after about nine months in Antarctica. Apparently, they actually fought a battle in Antarctica, probably between uh, remnants of the Third Reich and perhaps extraterrestrials as well. There were stories of craft coming up out of the water and attacking them. Flying sources dealt a very heavy defeat to Bird's Operation High Jump. He gave a report in March of 1947 that said a new enemy had been discovered that could fly from pole to pole in an instant. In 2018, more than 70 years after Bird's astounding claim, a satellite image captured what appeared to be a condensed water trail from an aircraft or contrail that could only have been produced by something traveling at incredibly high speeds. It extended the entire length of the Earth longitudinally from the North Pole to the South Pole, which is 12,000 miles. The maximum length of time that a contrail can maintain its shape is 30 minutes, but most dissipate in less than 15. Only a craft capable of traveling faster than 50,000 miles per hour, or 10 times the speed of the fastest aircraft in existence today, 
could leave a contrail that would stretch the entire length of the Earth without breaking up. It's a seeming impossibility because it meant that some object was able to traverse the entire planet from pole to pole in a matter of minutes before the contrail disappeared. Whatever created that was going beyond Mach 10. Mach 10 is over 7,000 miles per hour. This was probably going much, much faster than that. So whatever it was, was something that more than likely we've never seen before. Right. So, so some theories out there explain and, uh, well, they give theory to what they encountered. And some theories go off by saying the Nazis were down there and they picked up some sort of a technology down there, that, which gave them the knowledge to build a saucer. Some, some theories claim that this, this wasn't an extraterrestrial uh, vehicle. It was a Nazi driven vehicle that was, and the Nazis were given this technology. Right. So yeah, some of the things that I had read that really got me interested in, you know, you and I said, we, you know, we, we need to go ahead and bring this to our listeners and see if they had heard anything about this, uh, which is, you know, the, the underlying message underneath all of this, you know, we, we come across information. And we're like, man, you know, we, we got to see if everybody else has heard anything about this, but, um, yeah, it's from what I understand, the, the glacial topography down there has got a lot of these sort of dome-like vacuum areas up underneath the ice shelves, or underneath the ice shelves. And, and there's claims that when uh, they went down there to look for this new Schwabia or, or there was any sort of probes going down there from Nazi Germany that they came across one of these areas, one of these, you know, ecosystems underneath the ice shelf and found like a a lost city and there was enough room uh underneath these uh ice shelves that there was like rivers and an ancient civilization that had been abandoned and there were some some technology there that they reverse engineered and they were able to tap into some of this lost technology and that's that's was one of the uh one of the articles that I came across and I was like, wow, that's, I mean, that sounds out there, but we're also talking about an organization that was really ambitious when you talk about the Nazis. Uh, and I mean, their goal was total domination and they would, would have basically gone to the ends of the earth, literally to try to, to go ahead and try to, you know, accomplish that. So I don't know. It, you, you have that. And then you have this task force going down there. The Bible's book of Genesis. In chapter 6, verse 9, begins the story of Noah and the flood, in which God sends a great deluge to rid the earth of sinners and start anew. Different versions of this same story exist in nearly every ancient tradition around the world. Going back 5,000 years, we have sacred texts that tell us there was an antediluvian civilization. There was a great flood and that there were survivors. The 
Mesopotamians speak of this in the Epic of Gilgamesh. The Egyptians speak of this in the Edfu creation text. Plato learned from the Egyptians that there was once a civilization called Atlantis that existed 9,000 years before his time. Plato wrote about the lost continent of Atlantis in two of his dialogues, Timaeus and Critias, around 360 BC. Historians and researchers have long debated whether this pre-flood civilization was purely mythological or actually existed. Arguments have been made suggesting remnants of Plato's destroyed civilization could be found at the South Pole. I think what happened in Antarctica was that approximately 13,000 years ago, that flourishing civilization that originally came from space and establishing its presence in Antarctica was flash frozen. We actually have ancient evidence of this in the form of Plato's dialogues, where he talks about the last days of Atlantis. That basically is informing us that Atlantis was an extraterrestrial colony that had established itself on Earth, and that after a pole shift, Atlantis was moved under the ice where the South Pole currently is. As more and more pieces of the puzzle start to come together, might we soon be able to solve the mystery of the Antarctic continent? And if so, just what might we discover? Modern whistleblowers still argue that there is more about Antarctica that is being covered up than we think. There are entire bases down there, entire civilizations, that the world's governments are working with aliens. They know about the buried artifacts, they know about the ancient civilizations down there, and they know about the extraterrestrial civilizations that continue to operate in Antarctica at the very moment. It's totally possible that Antarctica contains an extraterrestrial home base on Earth. It's a totally isolated part of the planet. It's completely uninhabited, or, or was until recently. It's ideal. I don't know. What do you think? Well, none of it really makes sense. I mean, first, uh, the idea was, you know, Admiral Byrd was going down there to... Uh, on an excursion to learn more about the continent, right? Learn more right. about Antarctica. But they sent a huge fleet with them during the time of World War II. Right, during a time when that manpower could have been used. Right. And we've heard... Better elsewhere. It's not all ice. Like, we're taught and like right. we're told, no. there's an oasis down there. Yeah, and, you know, one of, let's let's make clear that the, one of the reasons why Admiral Byrd was tasked to do this and was given this honor was because he had ex, experience and expertise in flying in, in like in the Arctic going back to 1926-27. So he, he was perfect for this operation. And um, you know he was highly decorated. So that's why he was trusted with this fleet. But again, like you said, why why such a large armada? Why such a large group of, of military? You've got to imagine this was this time in our history where we trusted the government. We trusted, you know, our superiors. And if these pilots would have went down there with Admiral Byrd, chances are he he trusted them. So 
it's interesting. It's another one of those things where you have people come back with stories. Yet the second they come back with stories, we want to discredit them. So, yeah, these these pilots, like you said, they had some of these stories, and it's crazy that people just immediately discredited them as soon as they came out with this information. There, there was an Antarctic researcher, a, a scientific researcher who goes by the name of Charles Lee. He was down there exploring some of these caves and caverns that are down there somewhat to an extent just to see, you know, how many, because now we're finding and we're being told that not only is there, is it not all ice, it's, there's an oasis there. There are different caves and caverns. We've seen uh, pyramids, pyramids. While it may seem unthinkable that pyramids could exist in Antarctica, in recent years, archaeologists have found pyramids all over the world that had been lost for centuries, mistaken as natural formations, or hidden in the most unlikely places. They have been discovered in the plains of northern Peru, buried beneath dirt and rubble in Indonesia, and one may even exist in Los Angeles, California. All the way around the world, we find evidence of pyramid structures. We should start looking at the possibility that there was habitation on Antarctica. Was it a lost civilization? Could it be ancient astronauts? And just maybe the earliest monuments of our own civilization came originally from Antarctica. If this gigantic pyramid in Antarctica is an artificial structure, it would probably be the oldest pyramid on our planet. And in fact, it might be the master pyramid that all the other pyramids on planet Earth were designed uh, to, to look like. There has been extensive research done on pyramids throughout the world in terms of their structure and what it is that they really are. And one of the theories is that pyramids are power generators. And so if you have these pyramids strategically placed around the world generating this charge, it's possible to create a general standing wave around the world that is basically a wireless transmission of energy. It's been theorized that ancient ships, extraterrestrials, and those with high technology could use this interconnected wireless energy system to navigate around the planet. And it makes sense that if there was some kind of worldwide pyramid power grid like this, that Antarctica would have pyramids as well. The whole idea of these pyramidal structures, where did it come from? Because it's not an arbitrary thing. And these structures, they exist worldwide. So, you know, what was the impetus? What's the origin? And even more fascinating, did they originate on the Antarctic continent? Might the pyramid Joseph White claims to have discovered near the Shackleton mountain range and other pyramid-shaped formations recently photographed in Antarctica provide evidence of extraterrestrial visitation to our planet in the remote past. And if they are actually man-made structures, 
how is such a thing even possible in a place that has been buried beneath the ice for over 12 million years? According to ancient astronaut theorists, Antarctica may not have been a frozen continent for as long as mainstream scientists suggest. And they say proof can be found by examining a 500-year-old map depicting the continent without any ice. Well, well yeah, Antarctica. on Google Earth, yeah, people, you can find uh, them. people were finding, you know, obstructions down there. And what's interesting is I saw another article you know, we're going we're, and the reason why we're presenting some of this information, if it's if it seems like we're bouncing around, we just want to sort of lay the groundwork to say, you know, this this Operation High Jump, whenever you first lay it out and you look it up online, it all comes back with, you know, the standard issue. This is what it was. You can even find uh, YouTube clips of it just, you know. You know, recording the officers, recording the issues, recording them, bringing on, you know, sled dogs and, you know, but they don't go into any of the other stuff. They don't go into any of the other deeper questions as to why you're going to expend that kind of military power going or, you know, collateral or not collateral, but, you know, that much money going down there. It's almost as if they're overdoing it because there's something down there that they're motivated to get to or find. Right. So now it's like, okay, so you have that as your background. And then you see some of this other stuff that you're talking about. Fast forward, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. And then there are these there's these other claims. And on the face of it, they seem so sort of outlandish and like there's no way there could be any oasis down there. Right. Whenever, whenever it comes to all these conspiracy theories we sort of look into, it's, it seems like the 50% of the information seems plausible, and then another percentage of the, the other 50% seems implausible, right? So it's hard to sort of separate the wheat from the shaft whenever you look into these things. I, I don't know. Another claim by uh, uh, an ex-military man gone whistleblower who was working down in Antarctica. He was... He was based or stationed down there, whatever, whatever it may be, because there's some funny stuff going on down there even today that we're not, we, the public don't know about for sure. Uh, there's a lot. And uh, do you remember who uh, Linda Moulton Howe is? Yes. Linton. Yes. I know. I know of her very, I know a lot of her information that okay. she, uh, she does newsletters and whatnot on coast to coast. Right. So she's done so much stuff. She's done stuff with Skinwalker Ranch. She's done stuff with, uh, you know, ancient aliens. She's done stuff with uh, the pyramids, just, just on and on and on. She's, she's had her hands all over this stuff, uh, crop circles and uh, mutilations of, of bovine mutilations and things like that. But she interviewed this guy's name is Brian. Uh, he did not give his last name in this interview, but he goes on to claim how there, there are caverns there and, We've actually come in contact with these entrances and exits for craft. And we know of a civilization. Now, I mean, it sounds crazy, but does it? Because when we start talking about all of these things, some things are kind of, they're going to kind of go hand in hand. 
with what we're talking about in the previous podcast and everything. Like we say all the time, everything comes full circle and that's when you know you're on the right path, right? Right, exactly. So that's that's one of the uh, one of the things that gives foundation to a lot of these stories that people you can only keep a secret for so long and have so many people involved before you know little bits and pieces start to leak out. Now, when that happens, you also have to be aware that when information is leaked out, false information is leaked out also to you know take your focus off of it. Right. right? They want to muddy the waters. Exactly. They want to muddy the waters. Exactly. So, you, I mean, again, you know, we're talking about Antarctica and we're talking about some of this information that we know some and the information that we do know, we find, you know, it's, it's not really secret, you know, like um, operation high jump. That's not a secret. We know that it happened. No, it's not um, right. We know that he, uh, Bird, Admiral Bird has gone on record saying that they've encountered these saucers. It, well, right, because recorded. Right. He uh actually there was a now there's some we don't know the actual true validity of his diaries, but there uh after his death, there were some diaries attributed to him uh remarking some information in his previous excursion up in the North pole about coming across some lush sort of opening green lush opening in the North pole. Oh, now when you say opening, do you mean portal? Well, he, or? He, he's, he's claiming, uh, I don't know the exact, I don't have the verses in front of me, but he says, and he's recording it just like, you know, a military, military officer would, he says, you know, uh, 900 or zero 900 uh approaching you know some mountainous areas uh shouldn't be mountainous areas here um zero you know zero ten hundred um or, or ten hundred uh noticing green greenery and uh vegetation uh ten thirty uh noticing wildlife and and then he, he goes on from there talking about how it was referring to this diary uh stating that he then encountered flying discs that took control of his vehicle and again this is all within his diary a diary that's attributed to him obviously there's no way to verify that and that's that's sort of where we get into with these conspiracies you know there's enough information out there to pique your interest but enough for plausible deniability when it comes to you know, cross-referencing it. We hear about, uh, you know, sightings of unidentified flying objects and I'm going to, whether it's a UFO or what is it? AUP or whatever they call a UAP. 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 Yeah. yeah thank you. Uh, <laughs> the other one's a wrestling uh, organization. It's, it's, it's very, <laughs> very right. Anyway, uh, we hear about seeing these crafts come up out of the water so much. And all you know these different right. sightings that we see USOs, yeah. So many. There's a log for a naval sighting specifically of so many people who have seen these things. There's a log. It would hold. It would hold truth to what we're talking about now. That okay, well, maybe there are caverns underground, um, whether it be in the Antarctic. Maybe may, you know, maybe it's 
you know, below the, lo- the ocean floor or, you know, and, and they're, these crafts are able to just take off up through the ocean and, you know, out of these different caves and caverns in the, in the Antarctic and, and the North pole. And what are your thoughts on that? What do you think about that? I, I don't know. Here, here's what I would say. Uh, anytime you mess around with the poles, you're going to immediately interact with the ionosphere and the aurora borealis and the the you know the the southern. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what the uh, southern lights are called, uh, the Antarctica borealis. I guess <laughs> um, you're you're going to run into scenarios where you're dealing with electrical anomalies. Okay, and then within those electrical anomalies, like we were discussing with the time travel thing. You think it could cause like a neurological dysphoria? It's possible, but um, going on the more fringe end end of things, if they've in science kind of proven that you can send electrical information into the future and electrical information into the past. Oh, okay. um, If you interact with an electrical anomaly, do we really have any sort of proof of what that electrical anomaly how it would interact at the poles. Like, I don't know. I I think there's a possibility um, of something going on that either it could be hidden in those areas, or it could be maybe some sort of time travel. Uh, Well, this is some sort of, of, I don't know. I don't know. In this, in this interview with Linda Moulton, Howe, this Naval officer, um, his name is Brian. Again, his name is Brian. Doesn't give his last name, but in this interview, he goes on to talk about how these caverns have these interesting glyphs that were uh, able to glow and light up the caverns. Hmm. Like hieroglyphics or graffiti? Uh, in a way, in a way, but it was it was no no te- no no comparable text. So it was completely foreign. But in his way to explain it, it would be like a hieroglyphics. Hmm. And, you know, obviously they said, you know, you got to be quiet about this. This is not something should be out in the public and it gets out if if this is accurate. And, you know, if it is, then, you know, may this gentleman be careful because he could be suicided. He could be suicided. Yeah. Yeah. The famous he su- he suicided himself. Um, I, I don't know if you were aware of this, but in some of the research that I, I noticed, I want to bring to everybody's attention is: um, Did you ever hear anything along the lines of the Fitbit controversy that happened down in Antarctica? Oh no. Okay, so you know how Fitbit has the ability to track your progress, your fitness progress, and you can go on to app or you can go on to like a google type thing and they would show you your track your your you know trace basically trace your steps well i'm not exactly sure the exact time frame here but going back a couple years ago uh when fitbit uh went public with some of this information because i guess you can publicly see this information and i guess fitbit was trying to do it under the guides of, hey, listen, this is how popular our product is. See all the people using our product, you know, worldwide. And accidentally, it seems as though there was tracks in Antarctica 
and areas that there shouldn't have been any tracks whatsoever. There, there were markers and location markers and people <laughs> recording their devices. Like, so for instance, the, where I got this information was they were saying, uh, you know, some people might not be so aware of their locating uh, monitors on, on their devices and they may have forgot to turn them off. And as a result, you know, people brought this up on YouTube. There's uh, some YouTube videos where if you do enough digging, you can find these videos of, of these uh, tracers, these, you know, this uh, tracking, tracing markers of these circles and half circles and these awkward patterns that seem to be in the shape of, of some sort of bases that are up underneath Antarctica in areas where there's supposed to be no population whatsoever. And um, apparently Fitbit was told to go ahead and do away with that information immediately once it became known and people started posting about it. But you know, and I know, stuff on the internet never goes away. And there was enough people that had done screenshots and captions and captured the information before it was taken down that now whole slew of information out there that you can find, uh, I guess all you would have to do is put Fitbit and Antarctica tracking devices, and uh, you, you'll, you'll be able to pull it up pretty easily. And, and again, this all goes to sort of when discussing Antarctica and the plausibility of some of these more crazy operations that go on down there. I, I mean, I don't know. And, and just to give some context to even, to even more, you know, some some people would say, "Well, what's a plausible? What's what's a possibility that the Nazis actually had a military base down there? No one had technology to live in, in the Arctic or you know, um, in the Antarctic at that time." Well, this is also this is actually well known. Here recently it was back in 2016 or 2017. There was a secret Nazi military base discovered in the Arctic, in the Arctic regions. Uh, the Russian scientists found, and they went up there, and it was a uh, in an island called Alexandria, Alexandria Land. Uh, they called it Treasure Hunter Island, and um, the Russian scientists found like old bunkers, rusted bullets, relics dating all the way back to World War II time. So it's interesting, you know. People want to very easily and very quickly say, oh, it's, it's you know, there's no way. And let's, let's be honest, when it comes to U-boat technology, the, the Nazis were way ahead of everybody at the time that they had that technology for the U-boats. So, you know, what if sort of this, this northern Arctic military base was a practice area for them to possibly learn to acclimate to that type of environment? And then, you know, it goes back to the 1933 uh, incident that the Nazis sent them information down to New Swabia because that was it looks like that occurred in 1933 before the start of the war. The Nazis claimed that they were going down there to protect their whaling ships when the Nazis were always up and up with their information. Well, they told the everybody <laughs> they yeah, told everybody right. what they were doing <laughs> behind closed doors. So uh, let's just take them at their word. Right. Well, also found it interesting that. Since then, and, uh, you know, there's a treaty that the Antarctic is now to be 
known as like a for sacred, scientific reasons. Yeah, yes. it's, it's a sacred land. Nobody, you know, it can't be claimed. There's to be no no fight over it. There's to be all of these nations for some odd reason, and even during the Cold War, they find that they're able to come together and have peace for this one land. However, everywhere else in the world, it's just mass freaking chaos, right? And even now, but for whatever reason, we can all come together and say, hey, this land, nobody's going to touch it. Nobody's going to mess with it. Uh, scientific reasons, they got you know, it's got to be cleared by other countries. You can't just go down there and do whatever you want. How does something like that happen? What is down there that would make every leader of every country say, yeah, you know what? We agree. We can't agree right. on well, anything else, but this right. here. Yes. No, I, I, from some of the stuff that I was saying, uh, basically what was going on was people were going down there and they were just, you know, it was a free for all. People were grabbing land left and right. And, and the major reason was because they believed there was mineral deposits and whatnot down there, which there are there are right they just for yeah. at this point because of all the ice there's there's really a no way to access a lot of the information or a lot of the material a lot of the minerals um and america really was really slow on the system you know really slow on the get-go since they were so far behind they really didn't have any great claims where a lot of things a lot of the the best minerals um were located so a lot of people think that one of the reasons why the American government tried to broker this treaty was to find a try to wiggle their way down there and then be able to access a lot of this new information, access a lot of this new scientific discovery. And, and they basically their major concern was uh, the Russians and, and, the, and the Germans getting claims down there before they were able to get claims down there. So they were like, uh, let's let's look at this treaty and let's kind of agree that there's not going to be you know any military conflicts regarding this continent because even though they tell the public there's nothing down there it seems that everybody in the world at least in the world elite you know all the right you know they know better all the leaders of the countries they they all seem to really value this area so right. you know and for what uh, reason so there's there's and like you reason? said they really value this area there's value to the point where something can be created and, and lives could be you know just torn apart and, and expended over something like crude oil and uh you know okay we'll, we'll get into that later in later podcast yeah. but i think you all know what i'm talking about here and then there's you know that, that that that's a battle for you know crude oil then we talk about something like antarctica and that's on a whole new level we're talking on a whole new level of knowledge of what is happening with the the south pole antarctica and what's going on in those different caverns caves and what we will lead into and i know this episode is not going to be that long so and this is just kind of like a glaze episode, but yeah, it's like more of a prelude. And we're going right. to dive into some more specifics when it comes to Antarctica, but we just wanted to, you know, wet the whistle for everybody. Right. Um, and one of the specifics, and I think 
we are going to talk about this in the next episode is the theory of hollow earth and how that come about through even Admiral Byrd talking about such. And, right. Going all the way back to his diaries. Correct. Right. Exactly. And, you know, some theories that stand out that would hold uh, direct connection to some of our dark veil episodes. Yeah. There's, there's some uh, current political powers that, that have some connections down there right now. I think, Absolutely. There, I think there's a lot. Uh, Phil Snyder, the Phil Snyder, the uh, extraterrestrial episode that we put out, there's a direct connection in some of that, that you could theorize on as well. So, right. Yeah. You know, any, anytime you talk about underground bases, <laughs> good old Phil Snyder has got to be the first name mentioned, right? The dumbs. Yeah. Right. And you know what? This is something interesting. I also go ahead and lay out there. And uh, if, if our audience is uh, interested in, in learning more about this, uh, stay tuned to future episodes. But, you know, one of the things that I find extremely interesting just about the, the continent itself down there is this. With all the glacial water down there, it holds up to 70% of our fresh water on this planet. And it being surrounded by all ocean down there, that means it is the central point, the, the exact crux, or, or it's, it's the single location where the majority of our fresh water interacts with our salt water. So if you guys are interested, maybe hanging around a couple episodes and might get into the the significance of that and the water episodes sure yeah well going forward even yeah we got some uh some information on that so this is for our listeners out there who do listen to us uh you know our loyal listeners thank you so much you know even if there's one two three or four which we know that there's a lot more than that and we are very very yeah. grateful this thank shit's you. about to get interesting for every one of you and I know it seems like we're being kind of vague in this episode. And the reason why we're being kind of vague is because it's all going to come together. It's all there, going to come a, together. There, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of information in Antarctica and um, it, it wouldn't, it, we would never do it justice with just doing one episode. And we wanted to just, you know, this is the starting point. Yes. Yeah, lead, lead open with, Hey, listen, there's this operation high jump and, they're telling us it's this one thing, but yet it's like they sent, you know, an entire military operation down there. So what do you guys think? You know, do you guys believe it was just a scientific expedition whenever you, you, <laughs> they send you know, 33 aircraft, 13 ships and 4,700 men to an unmanned continent? Right. Uh, our, our entire naval fleet. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Just to 1946, explore. 1946, 1947, yeah. just to explore because and there's even, nothing else going on in the world at the time at all that we should, right. you know, <laughs> there's nothing, nothing at all. You know, Pearl Harbor just happened in 1941, but hey, let's send people down to Antarctica. Yeah. And even when you and I talk about these certain things in these different episodes, we talk about how there are some people. Uh, maybe in the uh, Hollywood media that, you know, that, that are trying to leave you tidbits, bits and pieces here. You know, it depends on, 
you know, maybe, maybe they don't know everything, but they know enough to enough breadcrumbs to leave. Right. For us to to follow up on. And like I was talking to you about, I just got done watching the, uh, (laughs) the Godzilla versus Kong movie, which to me was a good movie. (laughs) I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But uh, even in this movie, they talk about uh, hollow earth. And I think that is definitely something. What do you think? Cover it the next episode. We'll cover hollow. Yeah. Let's cover. Absolutely. Yeah. You got a legend or the, uh, journey to the center of the earth you know the, the book from right early yes 20th century there so 19th century uh which has led into a couple of popular movies uh with the rock here recently and oh that was that, that one 10 15 years that one was uh about atlantis wasn't what the one to the center of the earth was the one with brendan Fraser. the one to atlantis was with the rock oh okay I'm yeah I'm, I'm getting my movies mixed up but yeah. but are they that different Hmm, are they hmm. maybe <laughs> you know maybe, there is an, there's not. another book another journey book which i thought they were going to make a movie on i have not seen yet is journey to the moon so that'll be interesting hmm. and yeah i haven't heard about anything about that we'll, we'll do an episode on the moon also at some point uh but there's it, it, that could get <laughs> That could be a nice episode also, but for now we're going to stick with Antarctica. Uh, Here are the tidbits, you know, maybe look into operation high jump and no going forward. This rabbit hole is going to go pretty deep. So get ready. It's a pretty deep hole, right? It's a deep hole, a deep, deep hole. I look forward to, to examining this subject matter with you, with you, Mario, and with the listeners. And we want to do it for the listeners. So just to keep everyone thinking, because not everything is as cut and dry as they would like you to believe. If it sounds crazy, it may not be as crazy. And what did we say last episode? I may be crazy, but it keeps me from going insane. That's right. Always question. Well, on that note, my friend. Until then. Until then.